Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello there. Welcome to a bit of an Arsecast special right here on Arsblog.com. On what is a hugely significant day uh, for Arsenal Football Club, American businessman Stan Kroenke has reached agreement and will own nearly 63% of the club. Um, what does that mean for Arsenal? What does it mean for the other shareholders? And what will the future hold? Uh, with me to discuss that and answer some of the questions is Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Hi, Tim. Hi there, Andrew. Um, well, let's deal with the facts first. We know that Stan Kroenke is going to purchase the shares of Danny Fisman and Lady Nina Bracewell-Smith, taking his shareholding to uh, something approaching 63% of the club, giving him control over the club without being, uh, obviously, the outright owner. How, how has this come about, and what does it mean for Arsenal? What's happened in the last few days is Stan Kroenke has reached agreement with both Lady Nina and Danny that he will buy their shares at £11,750 each, and those are now binding agreements. That takes him past the 30% threshold where he has to make a mandatory offer to all other shareholders at Arsenal at the same price. Today, on the Plus Market, anyone who wants to look it up can go onto the Plus Market website and search on Arsenal. They'll see the initial offer statement. In the next few days, um, Stan Kroenke has to put forward an offer document to the rest of the shareholders, setting out his plans for the club and you know what he will do going forward. But there are already some you know important statements made um, today by Stan Kroenke about his plans going forward. One of the things I think that many fans were concerned about, uh, regardless of who was going to take over the club at any stage, was to avoid the situation that we saw at Manchester United, we saw at Liverpool, where the club is bought with debt that's then put on top of the club. And and so far, it, it seems very promising that we have that sort of assurance from Stan Kroenke that this won't be the case with Arsenal. I mean, how... I mean, fans obviously are going to be uh, a little bit cautious about this. How much can we take him at his word? Uh, we can take that very much at his word. As a, uh, there is a specific statement in the document that he has issued today where he says that he will, um, he says, I'll actually read the statement to you. The offer will not be funded by way of any debt finance, bank loans, payment in kind loans, or other debt or quasi-debt interest bearing obligations for which the payment of interest on, repayment of, or security for any liability, contingent or otherwise, will depend on the business of Arsenal. Now that's a convoluted sentence, but that means that no debt will be placed on Arsenal as part of Stan Kroenke raising the cash that he will be buying these shares with. That's really good news. That would be one of the red lines that the AFT had that we wouldn't have seen as acceptable. Mm. Now, of course, there is a, an elephant in the room, so to speak, and that's the other major shareholder in the club, that's Red and White Holdings, Alisher Uzmanov. There are reports today that he's livid at what's happened and feels stitched up. What is the likelihood of him retaining his share, um, given the fact that it is, to all intents and purposes, not worthless, but of course any plans he might have had to take over the club are now gone? They are, they are absolutely totally gone in terms of 
taking over the club. My own reading of the tea leaves is that Red and White and Usmanov will maintain their shareholding. Um, you know, he's always maintained that he is a supporter of the club. He certainly doesn't need the money. I think at last count was it 18 billion US dollars was the value. <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't need to catch him to pay to pay for the box of the Emirates. Mm. Um, I, you know, he will clearly feel outmaneuvered. He will cl- clearly feel frustrated, but I feel he will hold on to that. And who knows, time is often a great healer. Um, and maybe in a year or so's time, maybe there'll be, you know, consideration of a seat on the board for him. Certainly the Arsenal Supporters Trust thinks that Arsenal will be stronger when all shareholders work together. So in time, if, if he does remain involved, um, you know, we would like to see him involved with the other shareholders. If he retains his shareholding, obviously then it, it becomes easier for the smaller shareholders to retain theirs because if Kroenke were to buy the 27%, it can take him to 90% and he could take the club into private ownership. So um, obviously with the fan share uh, project that the AST launched and all the various smaller shareholders out there, regardless of what you might think of, of Usmanov, it might be a positive thing um, you know, for those small shareholders and to maintain a certain amount of uh, plurality of ownership, even if Kroenke does have full control over what happens. You're, you're quite right. If Usmanov decides not to sell, there isn't even a debate about what happens to the ownership structure. You know, Stan Kroenke will be the majority owner, but there will be approximately 35 to 40% of the club owned by other shareholders. If Usmanov decides to sell, then we're getting much closer to some of the thresholds where you have to ask what happens to the fan share members and the small shareholders. It is very encouraging that in the offer document, um, KSE say that they have no intention to force Arsenal off the plus plus market. Um, And we also, of course, have the historical statement from Stan Kroenke where he said he recognises the role of the AST and he sees small shareholders as having a valuable role to play. So that's one of the things that the Arsenal supporters just will be looking for more confirmation on in the coming days. But again, reading the reading the tea leaves, I think there is optimistic news here for small shareholders. And of course, you know, the, the club will look a little silly, won't they, having helped set up Fanshare, helping promote it. Ivan Gazidis is a big champion. Stan Kroenke was, was a board member who voted through support for Fanshare. It would look slightly strange if nine months later they were, to, they were trying to close it down. So all, all the signs are at the moment that there's good news there, but there's a big Arsenal Supporters Trust meeting this evening and we will be working with our members and working in an outreach programme to try and make sure that we're able to protect the involvement of small shareholders. Is that something that you're going to be looking for, some assurances uh, from Stan Kroenke or from Ivan Gazidis about? Because obviously if, and it is a big if as we say, uh, Usmanov were to sell up, you know, there is a certain ruthlessness in big business that if he got over that 90% threshold and could compulsory uh, make compulsory purchase of all the rest of the shares, it, it might be quite a tempting thing for him to do. That, that, that's right. What we have to do is wait for the offer document, wait and see what dialogue we can have. In some ways, our hands are slightly constrained by the very legal process that kicks in now. Yeah. You know, he has a legal requirement to offer to buy everybody's shares. doesn't mean he actually wants them to sell or we want them to sell but he has to put that offer forward he has to be very careful in how he talks to other shareholders because he has to be seen to act equally and fairly with everybody you know there are issues like the takeover panel and financial regulation rules on all of this but 
certainly, you know, watch this space in terms of the coming days as the AFT seeks further reassurance. The initial messages today, the statement talks about custodianship, talks about Cronky recognising the value of the community around the clubs it invests in. Look at his track record of working with us. Look at the statement in the document about not looking to move Arsenal into a compulsory private ownership, even if that opportunity arises. I think, you know, for day one, we've got, you know, somewhere between a green and an amber light to one of our core requirements. I think everybody accepts the fact that in, in the modern world, business operates the, the, the way it operates in a takeover. And when there are shares that are publicly available, that this sort of thing is always always likely to happen. But it is a, it's a sad day in another way. Now, I know people are talking about um, clubs being in foreign ownership. And Arsenal has been over 50% owned by uh, foreigners. And I'm doing that in inverted commas because I heard someone on the BBC talking about foreigners this, foreigners that. And it just all sounded a bit jingoistic. Uh, and when we talk about... Uh, Arsenal fans, we realise they're they're all over the world. But it is a sad day in a way because there are um, great familial connections with this club that um, have been present for decades and decades, the Hillwoods and the Cars and the Bracewell-Smith family. What does this mean in terms of the way the club is going to be uh, run now? Obviously, Stan Kroenke is, is looking at it from a, a different perspective. Do you think he'll sort of maintain the status quo or will he look to change things quite quickly? On your, on your first point, you're quite right. It was, it was quite entertaining to see many of the media outlets describing this as Arsenal moving into foreign ownership. Arsenal has been in foreign ownership for several years because, of course, the Usmanov and Kroenke stakes added together is, gives you more than 50% of the club. Um, and also, I, I would say, wouldn't we all say this, I think, looking at you know the wonderful team over the years that we've had, the influence of our French manager, that what you worry about is how people perform for the club, not where they come from. Um, so I think that's, that it's important to say that. In terms of how the club is run, I think that in time we'll probably see a freshening up of the Arsenal board, perhaps more commercial experience put onto that board. But largely, Stan Kroenke does, in many ways... If, I know he found us rather than us finding him, but he does fit the model of an Arsenal board member. Discreet, not saying much. I'll put in brackets here, except for the occasional comments by the chairman after lunch. <laughs> but on the whole, you know, the Arsenal board doesn't buy a striker for its manager, doesn't tell its manager what it expects of the team or who should be playing, doesn't interfere day to day, sets long-term strategy and puts in place the infrastructure to deliver. I think Stan Kroenke, that's, I've met him and seen his other sports clubs that's how he operates, and I think that's how you'll see Arsenal operating. Uh, how sort of soon would you expect those changes to be made? I, I know it's really, really early days, but we're looking at Ivan Gazidis remaining as the chief executive and, and building a team, uh, or will Kroenke have a direct influence uh, on those sort of appointments? I, I think it will be a mixture of the two. It's quite clear, and I think very good news and quite right, that Stan Kroenke has got a lot of faith in Ivan Gazidis, who has been an excellent new chief executive of Arsenal, got to grips with the new commercial team we need, introduced the Arsenalisation. I think perhaps still a little bit of an area to look at how he can support and work more in the football structure, perhaps the area that David Dean used to do. Mm. But overall, I think that Ivan Gazidis very much is, you know, will be the right-hand man for Stan, you know, around the board table. But working together, I'm sure they'll look in time at bringing on some other board members, complementing the skill set that's already there. 
He is um, uh, apparently not uh, uh, very keen on being known as Silent Stan, but we haven't heard a great deal from him, given the position that he's in now or will be in once all this goes through. Is he likely to be a little more public or is that, again, something that, uh, you know, the board members and Ivan Gazidis, will they be the public face of Stan Kroenke? I think largely the public face will continue to be Ivan Gazidis and the team. Stan's view is that the, is the, it's the sports team that matters and what people are interested in, and the talking should be done on the pitch. I think on a day-to-day basis, he's right, but clearly when you have a new owner, you want to understand their values, their direction, what they want to do for the club. An awful lot of that should come from the offer document, um, but certainly the Arsenal Supporters Trust will be calling on Stan in the early days to open up a little bit more of his personality, open up a little bit of more of what he wants to do with a club so we can feel more reassured and confident of where he's heading. But in the longer term, you know, I do think on the whole directors should be seen and not heard. And, and can I just say thank you to Arsenal for, you know, for being the best platform to reach the largest number of Arsenal fans <laughs> and all those Arsenal fans who are listening, particularly those who are fan share members, particularly those who are shareholders. You know, our advice is sit tight, no need to sell now and hopefully no need to sell going forward. We can still be a part of this wonderful club. Brilliant, Tim. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed to Tim. You can follow him on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash Tim Payton, or you can check out the Arsenal Supporters Trust website at arsenaltrust.org. That's about that for this brief Arscast special. Obviously, more will develop during the week, and we'll cover that in greater detail on Friday's show. So until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.